Well, guys, this is Memorial Day weekend, and I just want to take a few moments just to talk about that. You know, for many of us, it's just, it's a day off work, it's a three-day weekend, um, it's a time to get our lawn all prepared and weed and feed and all that junk, and as we do our cookouts, and we may go camping, and, and whatever it might be, but there is a reason that we take this day off and we set it apart from other days, because it's a day to remember those who have given their lives um, for the freedom that we have today. Guys, the truth is, freedom is something we so take for granted. We're sitting here praising and worshiping God without any fear of reprisal whatsoever. And we would just come here free of anything. Our brothers and sisters across the world in China and many other countries, they don't get to do that. They have to go underground. They sneak and they hide to go into their meetings because there's fear of death with that. Well, we don't have that. And, you know, freedom is, as we all know, it's, it's never free. It comes at a great cost. And many have given their lives for the freedom that we have today. And so it's important that we don't forget that. And that's what today, or this weekend, tomorrow, really, Memorial Day is about. It's to take time to remember that. And I was kind of thinking about it this weekend. You know, it's easy to think of these soldiers who have given their lives as, you know, maybe older men, men who've already lived their lives or whatever. But the reality is that for most of them, they're just boys and even young girls who gave up not only the life that they were living, but the life that they would have lived. And that's all for our freedom. And so we owe them a debt that we can never repay. So I just encourage you to take some time to think about that this week and just uh, thank God for the freedom we have because it is a precious gift in this nation. Amen? All right, let's move into our sermon for today. As you guys know, we've been kind of, we started a series on churchy words, and we've been looking at a bunch of different words that we use in our, you know, everyday Christian life, and often we have no idea what they mean. And uh, the problem with that is, is that when we open up Scripture and we read from the Word of God, if we don't know what certain words mean, we're going to miss out on the richness of what that passage is talking about. So we really want to understand these words. And at the moment right now, we're in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. So if you have your Bible, turn there to Ephesians chapter 2. And so far in these verses, we've covered two words, the word grace and the word saved. And so let's quick review those words, and then we will read the verse. And let's, let's do it out loud. Um, does anybody remember what grace is? Good, let's put it up on the screen. That way we can cheat. Let's read grace out loud. You ready? Grace is God's power working in us to accomplish what we could never do on our own, okay? Now, what is saved or salvation? Let's read that one. It's participating in Jesus's kind of life. It's really a life of deliverance from sin, okay? Now, using those two definitions, keeping those in your mind, let's read the verse and let those definitions sink in as you read the verse, and it'll make the verse come alive. Okay, you ready? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. All right, well, last week I said we would wrap this passage up by covering the very next churchy word in the verse, and that word is faith. And let me tell you, that is one churchy word. We use that word like crazy, and many of us have no idea what it means. Doesn't stop us from using it, but we, we you know, 
still don't really have a grasp of what it is. Well guys, let me just say, when it comes to the word faith, we had better have a grasp on it. We need to be living out lives of faith. It is so important. I mean, even in, in the book of Hebrews, it says this, that it is impossible to please God without what? Without faith. It's impossible. Think about that. It's impossible to please God without faith. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about that before, but that should really realize that it is imperative for us to live out lives of faith if we wanna please God. Now, if we wanna just go on with our lives not pleasing God, then yeah, forget about it. But if we wanna please God, we better be living out lives of faith. So we need to understand faith to be able to live that out. So let's dig into that. Now, notice the verse, for it is by grace that you have been saved. And what's that next word? Through faith. Through faith. Now, think of that word through. We experience salvation which is deliverance from sin, participating in Jesus's kind of life by grace. And what is grace? It's God's power working in us. That's how we experience this salvation. It's through God's grace. But it all comes through faith, okay? In other words, faith is the conduit by which we experience these, this kind of stuff, this grace and, and this salvation, it's the channel, it's the passageway. So we need to grasp what faith is in order to experience this stuff. So take out your pens and your pencils, get a little piece of paper or your phones or whatever, and I want you to write out what you think a good definition for the word faith is, okay? I'll give you a few seconds to do that. Write out the definition for faith. Third service just looks at me. Nobody has pens. All right, well, let's, let's kind of talk about it. We use the word faith all the time, don't we? we? We'll say things like, don't you have any faith in me? And like, for instance, you know, sometimes when we'll go on a long cross-country trip, driving in our car, you know, I'll be driving along and I start to get tired and bob my head. And so Shauna will say, hey, Luke, why don't, you, why don't you pull over and let me drive and you can sleep and rest up. So I'll begrudgingly pull over and she'll get the driver's seat and I'll hop into my seat and for the life of me, I can't sleep when she's driving. And she's like, what, don't you have any faith in me? And we use the word faith like that. Or we'll say things like, you know, we don't have faith in the government. Or we'll say things, we, we come from all different kinds of faith. We sing about it, you know, we're that, what's that one song? You gotta have faith, the faith, the faith, uh, you know. Well, we use that word a lot. And we might not even pay attention to how many times we use it, but we do. Um, a lot of times, not all, not all the time, but often we will use faith to refer to something that's kind of out of our reach, okay? It's, it's out there in the clouds. We, we don't really know what it's like, but it's out there. It's this untouchable thing that we can't quite get our heads around. For instance, let's just say, for example, that we're, our life is an utter mess. We are just in chaos. We're trying to swim to keep our heads out of water. And, you know, if we're talking to somebody during that time, what is it that a lot of people will say, you just need to have faith. You just need to have faith. And, and you know, we'll respond and go, yeah, you're right, man, that's awesome, thanks for that. But we'll walk away going, what does that even mean? How does that even help me? What does it mean that you know you gotta have faith? Some people will go through you know, a hard time and later they'll say, you know, if it wasn't for my faith, I wouldn't have got through that. And we might walk away from going, walk away from hearing that and going, well, what does, what does that mean? How, how did faith get you through that? 
How can we hang on to faith like that? Well, if that's how we feel, we need to change that sort of perception. And let's see if we can make faith something that we can hang on to and really wrap our heads around, okay? Here is a great definition of the word faith. I really like this definition. Faith is believing in the unseen reality of God and his kingdom. Let's say that out loud together, ready? Faith is believing in the unseen reality of God and his kingdom. Now, before this definition makes sense, we need to understand some of the words in it. And as you guys know, a couple weeks, we covered the word belief. And what does belief mean? Somebody said it. To act as if what we believe in is true, okay? So the first thing that I want you to see about faith is that faith is a what? Action. Faith is an action. It is always an action, okay? Faith is not some ethereal thing way out in the clouds that we can't wrap our heads around. No, it is an action. We act as if what we believe is true. Now, according to faith, what is it that we believe is true? Well, we believe in the unseen reality of God and his kingdom. Now, can anybody tell me what is reality? What? Culver's? What'd you say? I still didn't. You said Culver's? Culver's is reality? Oh, you have to talk to me. Is that what you said? Oh, okay. It is a reality of sorts, yeah. Anybody? Okay, if we say somebody is out of touch with reality, what's going on? Yeah, they're, they're kind of lost. Okay, here's, here's a great definition for reality. I think this, I've heard somebody say this, that reality is what you bump into when you're wrong. And reality is just the truth. It's what is real. And if we believe in the unseen reality of God, then what we're saying is that, yeah, our God is unseen, but he's real. And you know what? The truth is, guys, our God is unseen. He, he dwells in the unseen realm. He is a spirit. He does not have a physical body like us, but he's real. He's as real as the air we breathe. And the God I'm talking about is the God of Israel. He's the God of the Bible. He's the most high God. The Bible calls his name is Yahweh. It means the I am that I am. I'm the self-existent one, the maker of heaven and earth, everything that we can see, touch, or, or, or feel. And this God has a kingdom, which another way to look at a kingdom, it's, it's, it's his activity, it's his government, it's the way he does things. And so what I'm trying to get you to understand is that our unseen God is active He is at work. He's moving and acting all around us in the unseen realm. So knowing that, what does faith mean then with those kind of definitions? It means this. Faith is participating with our unseen God in what he's doing around us. Let that sink in. That's what faith is. As I said, faith is an action. It's always an action. You can't say that you have faith in God if you aren't living it out in your life. Faith will always be shown forth in your your life through action. Let me show you a few verses in James that tells us that. 
James 2. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to, has, to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Well, show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. Verse 20, you foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. I love verse 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds or action is dead. Faith is always demonstrated in action. To believe is to act. And if we believe in the reality of our unseen God and that he is active all around us, then our lives will prove it by the actions. Now, guys, I understand. That's a hard thing. It's a very hard thing to interact with our unseen God. We're used to living in a world where we interact with seen things, with physical things, things that we can see, touch, hear, smell, taste. And so to interact with someone who is unseen, I agree, is kind of weird or it's different. It's quite frankly difficult. I mean, honestly, I'm just being straight up with you, this is the hardest part of the Christian life for me. Not being able to see God and to touch God is hard for me. I'm a people person. I love being with people. I love engaging with them. I love seeing their body language. I love seeing them laugh or cry. I I just love being with people. I don't even like being on the phone with people because I can't engage with them. You know, I'm doing some premarital counseling with someone in Idaho, the couple in Idaho. It's terrible. I mean, I'm listening, I can't understand. You know, I don't know if they're hearing what I'm saying. I don't like being on the phone. I like being with people in person. And I like being able to hug them and the love on them. I love that's who I am. So when I'm told to love God and to have a relationship with God and to spend time with God and to do life with God, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I totally want that. But I have to be honest with you, it's really hard when I can't physically be with him. I crave the physical presence of God with me so much. That's the hardest part of the Christian life for me. Is anybody with me on that? Yeah, it's hard. And here, here's the issue with that. Here's the tendency, and I need you to listen to me because this is such a key point. Our tendency is, is that if we can't see something then we live like it doesn't exist. And if something doesn't exist, we will completely ignore it. And guys, often that's what our Christian life looks like, doesn't it? We can't see God, so we live as if he doesn't exist and we ignore him completely. That's what so much of the Christian life looks like across the world. I mean, think about it. We run to sin to please ourselves as if God isn't there. We lie, we cheat, we lust, we indulge in the world as if God doesn't exist and our lives completely ignore him. We indulge ourselves in the physical seen world and we ignore the unseen spiritual world and in doing so, guys, here's the truth, we leave God out of our lives. And that, my friends, is a faithless 
kind of life. And let's be honest, that's what so much of our lives look like. Faithless lives. I wonder why in Hebrews it tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, it says, it is impossible to please God. Now, now why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe what? That he exists. There's that word believe again. To believe means what? To act as if he exists. Because essentially, when we ignore him, we're acting as if what? As he doesn't exist. If we ignore God, we're just acting as if he doesn't exist. But if we have lives of faith, we're gonna act as if he does exist. And no wonder God isn't pleased when we ignore him. And if you guys, if you wanna tick someone off real quick, just act like they don't exist. How many of us have tried that in our marriages? Yeah. I remember in our first year of marriage, probably the only time I did that. I'm joking. But it's a memorable time. I remember we got into this big argument, big fight. and So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to act like she doesn't exist. So I did the whole silent treatment, and she's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just like, walking away from her. And, and she'd get over here, and I'd walk this way. And finally, she was driving me nuts talking so much, I turned on the vacuum. And I'm like, I'm going to vacuum the house. And um, she's like, rah, rah. She was getting madder and madder by the second, because I'm just acting like she's not even there. Finally, she gets in front of the vacuum, and I'm trying to vacuum. She keeps stepping in front of it, and I hit her with the vacuum on her foot. She goes, that's abuse! You're abusing me! Well, then I acted like she was alive, and I'm like, that's not abuse! And we went back and forth, and we argued about that for about two hours. (laughs) Marriages suffer from that, don't they? Where we act like the other doesn't exist, and it hurts. It really hurts to be ignored. Well, guys, we do that to God all the time. We do. And we certainly can't please him if we act like he doesn't exist. And that's why we must live lives of faith. You see, faith is living aware of our unseen God and participating with him in what he's doing. And guys, here's the crazy part. When we learn how to do that, I promise you, our lives are gonna look so crazy different from the world. Almost like day and night. Almost like light versus darkness. Almost like we don't even belong in this world. Like we're citizens of a different place. We're gonna stand out. We're gonna be different. We may get persecuted and picked on and ridiculed. But one thing for sure, our lives will be supernatural. And they will look supernatural and they will be supernatural. Why? Because God's grace will be flowing through us. God's power will be flowing through us doing things we can never do on our own. We need that more in our life, don't we? Amen? Now let's put this all together with the verse. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Now I paraphrase this into a paragraph. And some of you guys who are audio, you know, learners, then great, you can hear me, but if you need to be visual, I want you to look at this this paragraph and see if it it sinks in for you. But I tried to paraphrase that verse altogether in this. Through our interaction with our unseen God, 
participating with him in what he's doing all around us, that's faith, we will experience God's power starting to work in and through us, doing things we could never do on our own, that's grace. Which in turn leads to a life of deliverance, a life that looks like Jesus's kind of life, that's salvation. That's that verse paraphrased. And guys, let me ask you a question. When can this happen? Do we have to wait for heaven for this? No, when can it happen? Right now. It's available right now. That's why Jesus came. That's the eternal kind of life that he's offering us by believing in him. And guys, here's the deal. Everyone is being invited into it. Everyone. No one's left out. The kingdom of God is available to everyone and anyone. Tall, short. Rich, poor. Healthy, sick. Popular, outcast. It doesn't matter who you are. It is available to anyone and everyone who chooses to believe in Jesus. Now, one thing about faith is that scripture tells us we need to grow in it. Or another way to put it is we need to strengthen our faith. He, he wants our faith to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Now think about that for a second. If our faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger, if we grow in our faith, Essentially, what does that mean our life is looking at? Look, look at our definition for faith. What, what is happening more and more in our life? We're participating with God more and more in our lives, aren't we? If our faith is being strengthened or grown, it means that more and more throughout our day, we're engaging with our unseen God and we're participating in what he, he's doing. Now, What we want in our lives is to be doing that to where it is 24-7. How, how many of us got work to do with that? My, I wish I could be touching the ceiling. My hand would be raised so high. In fact, I, I got a, a buddy that I, we meet on a weekly basis for breakfast most every week. And, you know, one thing we really have in common is that we're we just feel like the world hasn't seen what a true Christian is meant to be like. What the world sees is just people who profess to be Christians, but they live like the world. And so we've been talking about, well, what can we do about it? And we really feel like the only thing we can do about it is just to impact the circles of influence that we're in, that we begin to live like Jesus would want us to live. And so we'll often talk about you know, different issues that we're facing in our life. And one memorable time, you know, he was facing a customer who was just screaming at him, sent him nasty emails, and, and he said, Luke, I'm being straight up honest with you. He's in the wrong. I have all the paperwork to prove it. And I was dealing with somebody else who was just being a pain in my neck, and, and so we said, okay, what we need to do is we need to participate with Jesus here. We need to live lives of faith. How, how if Jesus were living our lives, what would he do here? And so we talked about it. It's really easy because Jesus tells us to love our enemies, to bless those who curse you, to, to be kind to those who mistreat you, to heap coals of fire on those who are just trying to come at you. And so we said, let's, let's do that. Let's do this with Jesus. Let's do what Jesus would want us to do. And let's call each other at the end of the day and let's debrief this. Well, we called each other at the end of the day and it was amazing. It really was. We both agreed it was really tough because our flesh wanted to beat the snot out of the other dude. But we said, no, we're doing life with Jesus. And this is what Jesus would do. 
And at the end, there was resolution. I mean, it was because these people weren't expecting us to act like that. And, you know, we just thought, man, there's a win. But you know what hit me at the end of the night? That was 15 minutes of my day. And there's 24 hours in a day. We need to be living like that all the time. And so, guys, we do need to grow in our faith. We do need to be strengthened in our faith so that we do that more and more. Now, let me ask you a question. How does faith get strengthened? Well, let me tell you something. It's not fun. Let me show you a verse. James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your what? Faith develops perseverance. How does our faith get strengthened? By being tested in all kinds of trials. Sounds awesome, right? No. But the beauty is we can rejoice in it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This is hard for me. This is, one of the, this is another very hard thing in my Christian life. You know, I've talked to a lot of people who they say, you know, Luke, when things are going good in my life, that's when I stray from God. That's where I'm just like, I start to do life by myself and it just, I forget, leave God in the dust. But when things are tough, that's when me and God are tied. I run back to God and we just cling to each other. Now, that's awesome, but I'm telling you, I'm completely the opposite. I don't know if you guys are like me, but when things are great in my life, that's when God and I are like this. I mean, oh yeah, man, I'll practice his presence. I'm praising God, I'm enjoying him, I'm trying to do life with him. It's amazing. But when hardship or trials or the storms of life come my way, that's where it's really hard for me to live out a life of faith. Because I'll be straight up with you. When those times come, prayer is tough. Sin seems so much more tempting and alluring. Mainly because it's something I can touch or, or feel and experience where God feels like he's a million miles away. And it's at those times we're living a life of faith where I'm interacting and participating with my unseen God. Man, it is so stinking tough. But look at what it says there in James. Consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking Anything. Doesn't that sound awesome? Sounds like a life of salvation, doesn't it? Well, hardship is the way that our faith is tested and grown. And we have to persevere through it. Interacting with God through the hard times. Let me show you another verse in 1 Peter. Basically says the same thing. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while... You may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. There's those trials again. Now, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, these have come so that your faith may be proved genuine. Now, let me ask you, why did these trials come? So that our faith may be what? prove genuine and that it's not a fake. 
and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Why? Because God loves it when we live out lives of faith. Now, look at this. Though you have not seen him, have we seen God? No, but you love him. How is it that we love a God we can't see? Through faith. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. What is that word, belief? To act. Even though you have not seen him now, you act with him. And you're filled with this inexpressible and glorious joy. Now pay attention to this. For you are receiving the goal of your faith. Tell me, what is the goal of our faith? Salvation. It's deliverance from sin and living a Jesus' kind of life. But we already knew that because that's what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It says the very same thing, just says it differently. So guys, we need to grow in our faith. We need to have our faith strengthened. And I'll tell you guys, the only way that's gonna happen is through trials, persecutions, and hardships. And we have to persevere through it all, interacting with our unseen God, amen? I wanna end with this, and it's kind of off topic, but really it ties all together. And I really need you to listen to this. Have you ever heard of the term that we are the body of Christ? Okay, yeah, we use that all the time. And what that means is we're simply, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're the eyes, the ears, the, the mouthpiece. Jesus is in the unseen realm, we're in the physical realm. So we're, in a sense, the conduit by which the physical realm is impacted, you know, to, to impact this world. We are his body, okay? Now, here's what I want us to see. We can never truly be the body of Christ unless we're living out lives of faith. Think about that for a second. We can never be truly the body of Christ unless we're living lives of faith. Guys, if we're God's hands and we're his feet and we're his mouthpiece and his ears, if we're his physical body on this physical earth, then we had better learn to interact with our unseen God in such a way that he is able to live out his life through us. And that's a life of faith. If we don't do that, if we ignore him, then we're not being his body. We're just living like any other Joe Blow of the world and we'll just look like the world. Guys, remember, Christ is in us. He's in us, and he wants to live out his life through us so that the rest of the world can experience his love and experience his life. And that has to be done through us. Well, that won't happen unless we're living out lives of faith. We must live lives of faith. There's no getting around that. Guys, if we look just like the world and we act just like the world and no one can tell us apart from the world, then we need to ask ourselves the question, are we really followers of Jesus Christ or aren't we? You know, Jesus says it pretty simply, doesn't it? He says, you can tell a tree by its fruit. If the fruit is bad, then the tree is what? bad. He says, but if the fruit is good, then the tree is what? Good. It's really simple. And I realize this is kind of scary to think of, but I think it's good for us to just take a serious, good, long, serious look at our own life. 
and evaluate ourselves. Let me show you a verse in Corinthians that Paul says. He goes, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or don't you realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Guys, if we, if Jesus is in us, then we should start to more and more look like Jesus. It's that simple. And it's possible. Faith is the source of it all. So let's grow in our faith, which in turn will grow in the amount of grace in our lives, God's power in our lives, which in turn will then grow the amount of salvation we experience in our life. But it all starts with faith. Amen? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for my third service. God, I, I love him so much, and um, I get to do life with him. And God, I pray that every one of us in this room, that we would become men and women of faith, that we would interact with you, our unseen God. God, we can't see you. And so often we live our lives as if you're not even there. We ignore you. But God, we want to change that. We want to be men and women who are constantly engaged in what you're doing around us because we're in a relationship with you. And we want to experience salvation. We want to experience your kind of life, Jesus. I pray this in your name. Amen. Guys, love you so much. Have an awesome rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next Sunday.